Brought to you by the Appleseed. It's like a regular episode. Only shorter. We call them Bites. It's great to have you with us for a mini episode of the show, Appleseed Bites, we call them. They're just a single story long, just a few minutes in case you only have a few minutes and you want to fill those few minutes with some terrific storytelling. We bring a few of these to you each week and, of course, every Thursday you can hear our full hour-long episode of the show, this next one featuring Robert B. Jones, the wonderful blues musician and storyteller recorded live before our terrific studio audience right here in the Appleseed studio. And that, of course, is coming up on Thursday. In the meantime, I'm pleased to be joined in the studio by one of our producers, Heather Bigley. Heather, it's great to have you with me. Thank you. And you have brought a story. This one happens to be kind of an old favorite. Tell us about what we're going to hear. We're going to hear from Dan Ketting, his story, Bobo and the Baseballs, uh, which is a great story out of Chicago from an era long ago. Dan Ketting is such a wonderful storyteller. He tells stories from his own experience in, in growing up in a Chicago neighborhood. And he also has this really wonderful tradition of folk tales from all over the world, a tradition that was kind of instilled in him by listening to stories at the feet of his Croatian grandmother, which is great fun, too. This is not a folk tale. This is a little... Well, it's a baseball story, yeah? Yeah. And I think what's important about the story is he talks about these people in his community who helped train him up in a right way, um, even if he wasn't aware of it. That is kind of how the best lessons get into us, isn't it? Sort of without our even knowing about it. Yes. <laughs> Dan Ketting with Bobo and the Baseballs here on The Appleseed. Baseball was our game. We played in the schoolyard, in vacant lots, in the street and in the alleys. No, I was really lucky, because for many years there was a vacant lot right next to our house, and that lot opened up right to the top of the alley, right where it forms a T. And we played baseball there all the time. Even in the winter we played baseball. We painted the baseballs blue and red so we could find them in the snow. I remember going up to bat, wearing mittens and a stocking cap and heavy boots. Now, when we played baseball in the alley, we had to be careful. If we hit a fly ball to the right, it was fine because the yards on the right side of the alley either had one of us living there or a friendly neighbor. But if we hit it too far on the left, we had a problem. You see, the second house on the left had a dog living in the yard, and its name was Bobo. And Bobo belonged to Mrs. Kelly. Now, Bobo wasn't your normal dog. He was an Irish wolfhound, the tallest breed of dog in the whole world. Mrs. Kelly, she was an older woman, a widow with no children, who lived alone with Bobo as her only companion. Every time one of our baseballs went into her yard, Bobo would run over, pick it up, bring it to the back door, and he would scratch and whine till she opened it. Then she would look at him and say, What a good boy, bringing me a gift. Come in and get a treat and Bobo would disappear into the house with our ball. Soon the curtains would part, and the ball would appear on the windowsill with all the other dozens and dozens and dozens of baseballs that sat in the back porch and kitchen windowsills like trophies. The game was over. Baseballs weren't cheap, and none of us came from wealthy families. One day I hit a fly ball, and it should have cleared Mrs. Kelly's yard, but it hit the power line, and it almost fell into Bobo's mouth. We all just stood there, knowing the game was over for the day. 
But suddenly I spoke up, and I said, I'm going to get the baseball back. Come on, Davy. Now, Davy was my best friend, and normally he did everything I did and went everywhere I went, but I had crossed the line this time. You see, Davy was scared of dogs, any size, any breed, and with Bobo we were talking about a walking nightmare for Davy. He shook his head no. I said, well, don't worry, we'll go to the front door. Still, he refused. I'll stand between you and the dog. Finally, he agreed. We walked to the front of Mrs. Kelly's house and climbed the steps to her door, and we knocked. We could hear what sounded like a herd of bulls racing through the house towards the door, and I could see Davy's face turning white. Then we heard the lock turn, and there was Mrs. Kelly, slender and slight with graying hair, and there was Bobo looking us right in the eye, and he was on all fours. Daniel, David, what can I do for you? You ever notice how when adults really don't want to see you, they always use your full name? I looked back at her and I said, Mrs. Kelly, may we please have our baseball back? Well, she stared at me, and then at Davy, and then she paused for a moment. Tomorrow is Saturday. Meet me behind the garage at 10 a.m. Bring two friends. She closed the door. As we walked down the steps, I said, I wonder what she wants to do with us tomorrow. Davy was sure she was going to feed us to the dog. Saturday morning came, and the four of us were waiting outside Mrs. Kelly's garage door. It opened, and there she stood with Bobo inside the messiest garage I've ever seen. Stacks of old papers and magazines, old paint cans, cardboard boxes, trash everywhere. Mrs. Kelly looked at us and she said, If you boys help me clean up this garage, I'll give each of you one baseball. It was a deal. We cleaned all day, and when we were finished, the trash was stacked outside and the garage was as neat as a pin. From then on, we hardly ever bought a new baseball. Whenever we needed one, we just knocked on Mrs. Kelly's door and asked for a chore. We shoveled snow and raked leaves, mowed the grass, washed windows, anything she needed. All our mothers were envious. The woman who had no children now had more than enough. One day, Davy and I went to the door and we knocked. She came to the door, but she was all wrapped up in a big robe. I said, Mrs. Kelly, you need for us to do anything. And she said, oh, don't get too close, boys. I have a very bad cold. Oh, I said, you want us to go to the grocery store, to the pharmacy for you? No, no, I'm fine, but there is one thing you could do. Because of this cold, I haven't had a chance to give Bobo a good walk. Could you walk him around the block a few times? I said, sure. Behind me, I could feel Davy's knuckles in my ribs. But then I said, you know, he's really too big for just one of us. I'm afraid that he could really kind of take off on us. She said, oh, no, don't worry about it. I'll give you two leashes, and you can both hold on at the same time. So she came back with two big leather leashes, which she attached to his collar. We took the other ends, and we walked down the steps. She closed the door behind us. At the bottom of the steps, I stopped and turned to Davy. You know, this dog means everything to her. I don't know what I'd ever say to her if anything happened to Bobo. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to tie this end of the leash to my wrist. Davy decided to do the same, and we started down the block walking Bobo. Now, Mrs. Kelly, probably because she was ill, had forgotten to tell us one thing. Bobo's arch enemy, the Cocker Spaniel, lived at the end of the block. 
Well, that dog came down the front steps, stood in the middle of the sidewalk, took one look at Bobo and <coughs> Bobo reared up on his hind legs and went roof and took off. Davy and I couldn't stop him. It was really as if we weren't even there. He dragged us down the sidewalk, chasing that cocker spaniel. We would have gone on for blocks if it wasn't for the turn. See, when he hit the turn, Davy kind of swung out, and Davy's head hit the tree and got lodged there. That pulled Bobo to an abrupt stop. We calmed Bobo down and walked him around the block a couple times. And by the time we got back to Mrs. Kelly's, the shiner was just starting to blossom on Davy's face. She gave us each a baseball, and as we walked home, he grumbled all the way, saying he should have at least gotten two for that black eye. Well, we started to grow up, and pretty soon we were too old to play baseball in the alleys. And so we taught the next generation of kids that if the baseball went in her yard, or they needed a new baseball, just to knock on her door and do a chore for her, we moved away, I went to a different school, then a different high school, and then I went on to college. And then after college, I became a school teacher. And I remember one weekend, I wanted to go back to the old neighborhood, and so I drove back. And I walked around, saw a few friends, we had all grown older, we talked about the old times. As I passed by Mrs. Kelly's house, I heard this bark from inside, Roof. Now I knew it couldn't be the same dog, but I also knew that Mrs. Kelly always had Irish wolfhounds, and she always named them Bobo. She'd had two dogs when I had lived there. I had to know, was she still there? I walked up the steps, and I knocked on the door, and I heard that freight train coming through the house, and then I heard the tap of a cane. The lock was pushed back, and the door opened, and there she was, a little smaller, a little more bent over, a little more gray. And she looked up through her thick glasses at me and she said, Well, Daniel, have you come to get a baseball? And I smiled at her and I said, Indeed I have, Mrs. Kelly, indeed I have. And I went inside and we had coffee and cookies and we talked and laughed and I petted the big dog. And then... I washed the kitchen windows, and when I left her, she gave me a baseball. Bobo and the baseballs, a favorite from Dan Ketting. You know, Heather Bigley, as as we sat down to listen to this story, you you just kind of said under your breath, there are so many things to talk about with regard to a story like this, right? And and, it, and it's true, you know, suddenly I'm thinking, you know, I, I, I have only visited Chicago, right? But uh, hearing about uh, uh, baseball played in vacant lots is taking me back to the cow pasture where we played neighborhood baseball when we were kids. You know, a location that had its own share of hazards. And, you know. <laughs> yes, cow pies <laughs> as a first base can That's be a right, that's right. Right. And it's taking me back to my neighborhood and the woman who lived across the street from us uh, who would give us a popsicle if we went and visited, you know. Yeah. And and I, I imagine the story's taking you some places, too. Well, I was actually really touched about meeting this person years later. And it reminded me of a time when I ran into my high school French teacher mm. in another state <laughs> uh, in the grocery store. And I... 
I was like, Madam Schrader, what are you doing in the Publix in Gainesville, Florida? And she looked at me and she said, you're a twin. And I said, I am a twin. And she said, you're the evil twin. And I was like, I am the evil twin. You remember me. Um, and she invited me back to her house and we had this wonderful uh, you know, moment where we just talked about sort of who she had been. Um, but she let me know that teachers are humans. And like yeah. she told me what her, she had been going through, all the sort of trials and challenges when she wow. had been my teacher. Yeah. And suddenly I saw her as a human. And that was important to me. Yeah, we see we see our teachers as uh, superhuman in some ways, you know. Uh, or they live in the closet. Or they live, that's right. <laughs> and they disappear once we leave the room. And there, you know, there is this kind of, for a teacher to remember us is uh, something special. Yeah. Bobo and the Baseballs, of course, was the story from Dan Ketting. A pleasure to chat about it with Heather Bigley. Heather, thanks for joining us. Thanks so much for inviting me. And, of course, tune in on Thursday. This Thursday's Appleseed episode will feature all sorts of great things, including a wonderful performance from Reverend Robert B. Jones, blues musician and storyteller, recorded right here live in the Appleseed studio. Don't miss it. I'm Sam Payne. Thanks for joining us. For a bite! Brought to you by the Appleseed.